0: It's Shawnee, your nerdy girlfriend and life coach from SimpleOnPurpose.ca. Welcome to the Simple On Purpose podcast. Okay, guys, I'm just going to jump right in with a confession time. I'm living a second life. I live a second life on my podcast app, (laughs) in my phone. If you look at my screen time, that's where it is spent. Maybe because I put time limits on Instagram and that kind of thing, but I can't put time limits on my podcast app. I am in there, I'm searching, I'm playing the next podcast, and you know, real talk. I've been into podcasts since about 2011. We got our first Apple TV and there was a podcast app on it. And I thought, Oh, like, I wonder what's on here. And I found some really great, um, church videos I was streaming. And I started listening to the happy hour with Jamie Ivy. That was one I was really into back in the day. And so I look at my podcast role now and it is not minimalist. Like (laughs) it's a problem. And I just don't have a heart to declutter it just yet. But as I decided that I wanted to open up a little bit more to having guests on the show from time to time, I came across a podcast called The Joy-Filled Podcast by Jenna Griffith. So I visited her Instagram, and when I was visiting that day, her stories were talking about getting dressed every day. And she had these two toddlers close together, and it just gave me a real deja vu of my own mom journey. And I was resonating with a lot of what she was saying. She was talking about acknowledging the hard parts of mom life, but also not just giving up, but still being all in and seeking the fun and the joy. So I reached out to her. I wanted us to get on each other's podcasts. And a couple of months ago, we finally made the time to do it. We met on Zoom together and we had some chats for each other's podcasts. And I am so excited to share this with you guys. I wanted to share it in combination with the emotional intelligence episodes because i think it talks a lot about this inner emotional experience of motherhood that doesn't get a voice very often so as a disclaimer, I'm going to share that you guys know I'm a Christian around here and I know a lot of you listeners, you message me and you're like, I don't have a faith or I'm not Christian, but you still make this a space where I can listen and I can learn and i that's what I want here, that I'm not here to tell you what to believe. That's your own journey and I honor it. But when I do have a guest on here who's sharing words like Jesus and the Holy Spirit, I want to give you a heads up so you're not like blindsided. That said, I still encourage you to listen to this interview if you've experienced depression, if you want to get practical and like heart-based and seeking joy in motherhood. And if you're someone who's like, I love motherhood, I'm all in for that, but there's other stuff too that I want in my life. We talk about practical ways to do that as well. So some of Jenna's encouragement is Christian-based, and I want you to consider the role of mindfulness that she is sharing when she talks about this. So you choose what you want to be mindful of. And for Jenna and me, it's Jesus, it's things like hope, that kind of thing. Just bringing the concepts of what she's sharing into your life, no matter where you're at. So here is our conversation talking about mom life, depression, joy versus happiness, and doing things that light you up. Okay, let's (laughs) jump right in.
1: Tell everybody a bit about you. So, I am a mama. I've got two little ones. Um, I have a two and a half year old and a one and a half year old. So, we've been busy, and I'm also pregnant with our third. Oh <laughs> so my gosh. We've been very busy, um, and we will be married for four years this year. So, um, wasting no time. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs>
1: um, and I, yeah, just in October of 2020, uh, started the, my podcast, the joy filled mama podcast, just out of, um, a desire to really connect with people. I was finding that in motherhood, I was feeling very lonely and feeling like I just want to talk to people. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a stay at home mom. And I, you know, naturally I'm not somebody who's like going to get out of my house all the time, all day, every day. I really, I like being home, but that can sometimes be really lonely. And so that was kind of the, um, the, the heart behind and the reason why I wanted to start the podcast and the heart and the mission behind it is really just stems from, um, after I had my, firstborn, my oldest, I struggled a lot with postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so the the joy-filled aspect of it really became kind of a a mantra and a mission statement for my life. Um, And so I just really felt the Lord kind of burdening me to share that with other moms who are walking in the same season of me. I know it's unique. A lot of people wait until they're on the other side, you know, to, to share. But I, I really felt called to kind of take a different approach and link arms with women who are also walking through this season of raising young kids and having babies and having toddlers and being home Mm -hmm. all the time. And the, the struggle that can, that can be this season of motherhood. And I I really felt, um, I really felt God say clearly to me that, no, I don't want you to wait. I don't want you to wait till you're on the other side. So that's kind of a little about, about me, about what I do. I'm a homebody. Um, I, I love being home. I love just like, if you ask me, what's your ideal day, it's being at home or going somewhere with the people who are absolutely closest to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I keep my circle small and that's how I like it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's just a little about me and about what I do. Yeah
0: so many good things there. Um, with your first, when you were experiencing this postpartum depression, I, I don't know if you feel this way or you've noticed this, but after, like you said, going through it and then talking about it is what we common commonly do. And when, when my second was born, I remember my husband saying to me, like, I think that with our first one, you had postpartum depression and I didn't see it. I thought I was just tired. I thought it was my thyroid condition, all these things. Right. But when you look back on it, you can kind of piece it together that that was probably happening. So it really takes a lot of mindfulness for you to recognize in the moment and decide, I want to actually use this time in a way that's going to build community that like, what was that experience like for you?
1: So when I was walking through the thick of a, of postpartum depression, I, I, I am kind of similar. And I think a lot of women who experience this are the same. I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't know what I was experiencing. I have kind of a similar, I, I thought that I was just tired or that it was normal since it was mm-hmm. my first, mm-hmm. I just thought, well, this is what, this is what everyone experiences, you know? Yeah. And I, I didn't understand the the friends or the, the women that I would see who have a baby and just like go right back to doing what doing what they were doing before. I'm like, well, no, Mm -hmm. that's not what you're supposed to do. Like, that's not healthy. You need to like, you know, be tired all the time and be home. And like, like that, I, I thought that what I was experiencing (laughs) was totally normal and just a part of it. And so Mm -hmm. it wasn't until probably about a year around that time. Um, I got pregnant with our second, uh, when, um, when my first was seven months old. And so they kind of, um, kind of just ran right into each other. And I, it all happened so fast. I didn't, I didn't have a lot of time to really like, in retrospect, I'm going to do this differently. I just kind of moved into (laughs) pregnancy, my second pregnancy still kind of in that blur, that postpartum blur. Um, And so it wasn't until probably about a year after I had my first that I, I, I started realizing, oh, That wasn't normal. And especially after I had my daughter, it was like the fog had lifted Mm -hmm. and I had a traumatic birth experience with my first. And I think that that's what started a lot of, of the spiral into the depression and anxiety. And so having a, um, quote unquote normal, you know, I say that lightly, um, delivery with my daughter, I it. It. I just. I realized it was like. It, it became so clear to me all the things that I had experienced that weren't normal and that mm. should have been a sign to me that something was off. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, as somebody who I've always been happy. You know, I've oh, I've I have i have i i have always had a positive outlook on life, and that's that's something that I have always that's always been my personality and I've been a Christian my entire life and genuinely loved Jesus my entire life you know mm-hmm. as all of these things and then I I was able to look back and go that was not me mm-hmm. why didn't I see that you know and so it was after I had my daughter that I really realized things were not okay with me and then um through that that's when I I, you know, there were a lot of things that I was still healing from, but I was, I began talking about it from a place of, okay, here's what I'm doing this time to actively fight this because Mm -hmm. I know I'm prone to this. And I believe that the Lord healed me, but I also know that I have to fight to keep my, my peace and my joy, you know? And so then I began like, okay, I'm not going to wait until, you know, my son's 10 years old to start talking about working through postpartum depression. I'm going to talk about it. When I'm, I'm going through the postpartum experience for the second time and yeah. here's what I'm doing different. And here's what, yeah. you know, here's what I've learned and here's, here's how I've grown and, and here's some practical things that we can do. So, so yeah, that, that's kind of for me, how it all played out. Yeah. I can just really
0: relate to your story. I had a emergency C-section with my first and it was tough. And then my second Mm -hmm. also came along 16 months later. Oh, wow. And and just like you, I had (laughs) a third baby really close. Like they're all close (laughs) together. I can definitely relate to this. And I think that there's just so much power in seeking community. That's really why I started blogging too, because I wanted some community, especially Mm -hmm. after that first birth experience that felt like well, doesn't anyone else feel really let down by yeah. their birthing yeah, experience? Yes, so yes. I can so relate to that. And and this notion that really I got challenged in motherhood with the idea that motherhood is blissful,
1: mm. that
0: it's this joy-filled place naturally, mm. and oh, you never knew love and all of this stuff. Yes. But really it's exhausting. Yeah. And yeah. and sometimes we're really angry and stressed.
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you say that because when I when my son was just a few weeks old. Um, I was struggling, you know, I, I, my traumatic birth was, I, um, ended up hemorrhaging after I had Mm. him, my uterus stopped contracting and I was hemorrhaging and I ended up needing a blood transfusion. And so I was very weak, um, recovering from not only a severe tear, um, from the trauma from trying to get everything working again, um, also recovering from the blood transfusion and the toll that that takes on your body. And so I, yeah. and then I had a really hard breastfeeding experience. I didn't get the help that I needed. Um, I am convinced that my son had an undi- an undetected tie that affected breastfeeding. So anyways, mm, right. all these things that had kind of compounded and I'm struggling to connect with him. I'm exhausted. I feel like I look at you, I remember feeling so vividly, I look at you and I know that I should love you, but I don't feel that. Yeah. And I, people don't like, we don't like to say that because it feels shameful, but so mm-hmm. many women can relate to that. And yeah. I remember looking, I was scrolling on Instagram and somebody had, had a baby around the same time as me. And she posted something of her baby that said newborn bliss. And it, mm-hmm. it made me feel almost angry because I was like, that is not what I feel. Yeah. Yeah. I feel everything but bliss right now. And mm. I think that's more common than we realize. Yeah. But we just keep it inside. Don't but we? Because we, we think yes, like, I'm doing it, it, it to wrong. ourselves. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah which really creates such a stigma around the other side of motherhood that is hard that is real that mm-hmm. is stressful and exhausting and confusing and not what we expected like we need mm-hmm. to give more space that is part of motherhood yes. i remember having a friend who told me like if i knew that this is what motherhood was like i wouldn't have become a mom i would have wow. just stayed working and doing my job and that i can't shame her for that because mm-hmm. there's so much we don't talk about yes. that yes. that And so I just love that your podcast is called Joy-Filled because it allows for both. You don't hide this part. You don't hide that there's stress and insecurity, but you still call women to experience joy. Mm -hmm. Like you call them up for that. And there's going to be moms listening who just feel like no matter where they are in the parenting stage, whether it's newborns, teenagers, whatever range of parenting you're at, they're going to feel like joy is unavailable to me Mm -hmm. in motherhood. What would you say to her to help her open up to that possibility?
1: I think that it's important for us to have an accurate view on what joy is. Joy isn't feeling happy. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't always feel happy when I, when I'm in the thick of motherhood or having a hard day. Joy also isn't the absence of hard seasons, Mm -hmm. but to me, joy filled, first of all, it's rooted in Christ there is no joy without Christ. And so I would say, start there, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. start examining what your relationship with Christ and what your relationship with the Holy spirit looks like. And joy filled is, it's, it's a knowing that there is hope. It's a knowing the hope that we find in him. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's being right here. You know, it it's not, it's not worrying. It's not stressing. Not that I don't get stressed or that I don't worry, <laughs> Yeah. but it, it's truly actively casting my cares on him. Yeah. You know, the Bible tells us that we don't need to worry. So why do we worry? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it's, it's really, for me, it's a lot of just taking these, these simple truths that are in the Bible that we know and we can recite and actively walking them out in my life. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when I really walk in step with the Holy spirit and when I really can begin to lean on his joy as my strength, mm-hmm. then that's when I begin to live a joy, a truly joy filled life. And that's why I, I was very, um, purposeful about the, the title of the podcast, because I didn't want to just say joyful because joyful it can feel momentary or temporary, but Mm -hmm. to be joy filled, it, the, the, the thought that I had, I don't know if you've ever heard the song, it's a children's song, but it's, it goes, um, like I've got, I've got joy, like a river in my soul, or I think something like that. Yeah. That that's what I was feeling like deep down in my soul. I've got joy that only comes from Christ Mm -hmm. is how I kind of, that's what I would say. So first of all, it's not unavailable to you. (laughs) Joy is available to everyone, but it, it takes work and it takes really fighting for it and being mindful and, um, protecting your, your mind. You know, our mind is so powerful Mm -hmm. and really leaning on Christ to, to Mm -hmm. give us the joy that we, that we, that can be found in him. I just love
0: that you I love that you differentiate joy isn't feeling happy because mm-hmm. we all buy into the myth of you should yeah. be happy if you're yeah. not happy you're doing it wrong ps you should also be happy all the time <laughs> which is just <laughs> yeah. unrealistic and yeah. really takes us out of what this whole experience of being a mom or being a human is mm-hmm. all about and joy also isn't the absence of hard
1: yeah.
0: that that there there are going to be hard times and yeah. coming back to hope. Like mm-hmm. hope can be such an antidote for worry, mm-hmm. which feels yep. necessary, for stress, which means we've just run away and we're not even thinking about what's next. We're just in this stressful moment <laughs> trying to survive. But that hope, like putting our hope that yeah, we're all moms, we're all here and there's something mm-hmm. bigger. I think that's yes. super- super amazing to kind of root yourself in. How do you do this on like a practical daily level? Like I'm at home, the toddlers are crazy. (laughs) Also I'm pregnant. That's crazy too. (laughs) How do you get rooted back into joy? Like it's not something that just happens naturally. Like you say, it's a process, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. I, and you know, as I am navigating life with, two toddlers my youngest is you know she's really starting to get into that stage of like oh yeah I remember what this was like with miles okay Mm -hmm. this is hard you know you forget it until you're walking through it and then also being pregnant what that entails I'm definitely I feel like this is being challenged with me right now (laughs) Um, and so it just goes to show even if it's something that you build a brand around doesn't mean you've got it mastered
0: you know (laughs)
1: for sure (laughs) <laughs> yeah, come but to I my think,
0: basement. I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> but I I think that for me it's just being very practical about um, inviting the Holy Spirit into my day. That's one thing that, and I I've talked about that on various podcast episodes. But I think it's important, and it can be easy as moms. We kind of put Jesus in a box, or as and anyone that can do that. Yeah. But I think for me, before I became a mom. I had this very cookie cutter carved out time with Jesus. Like it was the same every day. It was easy to have a routine. And then when I became a mom, all of that changed because, you know, time, what is time? You don't have a schedule, everything, you know, nights are days and days are nights and you don't have the same flexibility that you used to. And so then your relationship with Jesus kind of gets shattered and, Mm -hmm. and you kind of have to find a new normal. And, and so for me walking through that process, I realized that that I really had to be mindful of inviting the Holy spirit into my day, inviting Jesus into my day. So that often looks like a simple prayer of Lord be, be near you come into this place, come and dwell here in Mm -hmm. my house. And it also looks like playing worship music throughout my house. That's the thing that changes the atmosphere for me so quickly. If I am Mm -hmm. feeling, um, you know, frustrated, feeling hopeless, feeling like I just want to be blah all day and not do anything. Worship music will change the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just being mindful about and being able to be honest with myself about where I'm at and saying, okay, you know, I'm feeling this, but this isn't truth. And acknowledging the lies of the enemy that are put in my head um, and replacing that with truth. And so, you know, it, it's, it's not easy. And, um, it, there definitely are days when I'm like, man, I did not live out what I tell everyone else right. to do today. Yeah. You know,
0: right? Yeah. Because it's like, I,
1: I'm not perfect <laughs> and yeah. we all have those days, <laughs> but I think on the hardest days, I just, I, I put my phone away. That's the biggest, my phone, I think our phones can be the biggest, joy sucker in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so at least for me, that's the truth. And so I put my phone away and I just decide, okay, I reset and I'm going to be here. How can I be here? I can't control what's going on. I can't even control, you know, my hormones, but how can I be (laughs) here? Do I need to just, do I need to just lay on the floor with my kid? Do I need to just, you know, take a nap? Do I need to reset? What do I need to do to be here right now? Mm -hmm. So that's just a few things that I, I do practically.
0: Yeah. Those are all good things. I, I do them as well. Like very, (laughs) a lot of Jesus take the wheel moments in my parenting. And you kind of mentioned like, I can't even control my hormones. And this makes me think about the women who struggle with depression, with anxiety, Mm -hmm. whether it's postpartum or a regular thing. And also being a Christian and also the idea of, well, I should just be able to be happy. How have you navigated kind of those sentiments as you've experienced it?
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's first and foremost, remembering that, you know, we're called to be Christ-like, but we're not called to be Christ. We're not Mm -hmm. perfect. And nobody like he's not asking us to be that. And he's, there are, there are resources to help us. And, and sometimes, you know, it, when, when people hear me talk about joy, it can feel like, well, how do I, you know, how do you, what do you mean joy? When I I have postpartum depression, I can't have joy. I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, I, I disagree. I think that they can coexist because I know that postpartum depression, it's a hormonal thing. And it's, it's a, an imbalance happening in my, in my body body, in my physical, in my mind, or, you know, depression takes on many forms It can be mental, it can be a physical imbalance in your body. And so I think that being okay with taking the resources that, that we need and not going through it alone is the biggest thing that we can do to help ourselves through those things that we really can't control. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, I um, always recommend like, find some good Christian counseling that you can trust and that you can find a good Christian therapist that you can talk to, Mm -hmm. or just a trusted friend or a pastor or a leader in your church, someone that you can just talk to. Because a lot of times, you know, the enemy wants to keep us keep the enemy wants us to keep everything in our head Mm -hmm. because we're the only ones in our head. And so Nobody can hear what we're thinking. Nobody can hear the things that we're telling ourselves. And so then there's nobody to go, uh, stop, that's not true. Let me, let yes, me, let me yes. help you with, let me give yeah. you some truth right now. And so the enemy does not want us to speak things out loud, but there is so much power in just speaking what we're, what we're going through, what we're feeling. And I know in my own life, even when I just speak it out loud to myself, I I'm able to go, oh, wait. Hold on. That's not true. And yeah. so finding finding a, a trusted person to talk to, whether that's, you know, a, a counselor, a therapist, or, you know, a life coach or mm-hmm. a friend or some anybody that that you trust to give you sound advice that can kind of help you navigate when you know that you're not in a place because it does take mental strength. You know, it does take a lot of mental strength to be able to fix your mind and to be able yeah. to be aware of the feelings that you're feeling and to be able to call out when, when something is a lie. And so when you know that you're not at a place where you can do that, bring in other people to lift up your arms and to help mm-hmm. you. Yeah.
0: Yeah lots of coaches will say it's like being inside the bottle and you can't read the label of what's on the outside. And I think that's true. Like I, I get coaching regularly. I paid my money's worth of marriage counseling and personal counseling and Christian counseling. It is so powerful, especially when we believe the lie that we're alone, but just because you may not have this friend support system that you think should be able to help you manage your emotions. There's still professional people yes, who absolutely. are also not like um, personally invested in your emotions, right, too, right. which is helpful. Yes. So I think that's a really powerful takeaway that moms everywhere at whatever level of struggle they feel like they have reaching out to someone, getting mm-hmm. some support, helping see what thoughts are keeping them stuck and where they're really telling themselves lies, that is huge. Um, I want to shift a little bit and I want to talk a little bit about this is, this is really great. Like the joy filled aspect and acknowledging what's hard and working through that and doing the work, like you said, it's not something God just heals you. Like you Mm -hmm. have to engage with it Yes, and then taking the things that make you feel joy or Mm -hmm. light you up. What have other than motherhood, right? Like we're not going to yeah. get all of our enjoyment from motherhood. Yes. So I love that you encourage women to do both, like be all in for motherhood, be all in for other things. What are some of the things that you've done over the years that light you up?
1: Yeah, gosh, <laughs> I, I've done, I mean, I'm early in my motherhood um, journey. So I, I know that I'm, I'm sure if you ask me this question in five years, there'll be 10 <laughs> more things that I've done. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, you know, I think that this can look, this can be big or small. This can be um, an actual business, a side hustle, things like that, or just having little creative outlets Mm -hmm. that allow you, because I think it's important and it's easy to do in motherhood to just wrap ourselves up in it. Especially like if we're stay at home moms, if we're early in the season of motherhood, it can be easy to just completely let everything go and find our, our identity in motherhood. But we you know God God has created us with gifts and passions and things that excite us, and he put that in us. and so, um we're not He's not asking us to lay everything else down so that we can raise our kids and I, I think that it it would be silly to think that we're supposed to just only focus on our kids for eighteen years, you know, yeah, um, and so for me, it you know, it's looked like a couple months after. I had my oldest, I joined a network marketing company and that was really fun and I really loved it and I really love the products and I still do share about them and I still do a little bit of that um, here and there, but I I really love the community and the friendships that were formed and things like that. And um, it was really great to be able to bring in income. I'm, you know, it's still bringing in income for me now, which is awesome. Things like that are great. That's why moms- (laughs) You know, there, some people have a bad taste about network marketing or multi-level marketing, direct sales companies. But there's a reason why so many moms do it, yeah. and if it's done well, it can be really fulfilling and really wonderful. Um, a, a really great place for connection and community, and and to just give you a sense of purpose and right. other yeah. things. I, other things I've done are, <laughs> gosh. Um, you know, this podcasting and blogging, that's been really um, in this season, a, a real focus of mine. And I have some things down the road that are in the works that I'm really excited about. So I think it's important, whether it's big or small, whether it makes you money or not, do things that are important to you because our, our God is creative and he's given us all creative gifts. And I think that we, we sometimes limit creativity to like designers and artists, Mm -hmm. but we're all creative in our own way. You know, whether that's picking out outfits or organizing a closet or uh, organizing a pantry or, you know, (laughs) or, or more artistic creativity, like painting or making things. Um, We're all creative. And so find the things, think about what, what lit you up before you had kids. Well, find ways to incorporate that into your life now. And, you'll find, you'll, you'll find that you have more purpose. And for me, it even gives me more energy. I'm more excited. I, I feel like I give more to my kids because I have these other outlets that are really fueling me and filling me up. So mm-hmm. it's so important. Yeah. And
0: I, I love that you started with MLM with multi-level marketing yeah. is there's there anything, that this past like decade and a half has shown us is that multi-level marketing drew something out of moms yeah. that they want something to work on. They want to put mm-hmm. their hand to something. They want, yep. they want to feel this sense of purpose in our day. Yeah. And of course, there's seasons where it just doesn't feel available yeah. to you. Like I remember yeah. having babies and being like, what does everybody mean be awesome today? Like I can't, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there's too much pressure, yes. but we, we kind of do have this part of us in the background. That's like, I would like to do something for me. Yeah. Like I want yes. to keep growing and building community and meeting other people and women and like pr- doing something in the
1: world. Mm-hmm. You know, motherhood is the most important mission and calling in my life, but it's not the only thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah.
0: How do you keep boundaries? Like how do you be all in for parenting and then all in for these other things?
1: Yeah, I think it's important. I mean, like you said, boundaries, I think it's important to um, obviously it's going to look different for everyone. You know, for me, um, I set, I set very clear boundaries with um, for example, with social media, you know, I delete Instagram from my phone on the weekends and i mm-hmm. um, and very intentional about, you know, the weekends are for, for my family and for, for church and for all of that. Um, I, uh, my, I'm grateful and very fortunate to have a a lot of family close by. We all live, I, we live in the same town as most of our family. And so, you know, I have one day a week that my mom takes my kids for a couple hours and I'm able to bust out as much as I can
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: during that time. And that way, um, you know, when, when I am with my kids, I'm able to really be with them. And I, I think, you know, there's this idea that we ha- being a present mom means never doing anything for ourselves and means being at our kids' beck and call. And I don't think that's true. I think being present means when you're with them, be with them, Mm -hmm. be there. Yeah. But it's also okay to say, hey, I'm going to set a timer and I'm going to play with you. And when the timer beeps, I'm going to go and I'm going to do some work on my computer. Mm -hmm. I do this even with my two-year-old. You know, and he he loves the timer. And (laughs) and so I I do things like that a lot. I I say, okay, I'm gonna play with you. And then when the timer beeps, I need to do some work on my computer so you can watch a show or you can play with your cars or whatever the option is. And and then when I'm playing with him, I'm really I'm connecting, I'm making eye contact. I my phone is nowhere to be found. I am, you know, engaged in whatever imaginary play he's playing. I'm engaged with what we're doing. And because it doesn't take a lot to connect with our kids it doesn't take a lot to fill them up but it it is taxing because it's you know that imaginative play it's like oh this is so boring I don't yeah.
0: like <laughs> real it, talk it, it's boring yeah it's
1: boring and that's okay but i know that you know i need to fill his cup before i ask him because really our kids just want to connect with us and they they just want to be with us and so I know that I have to do my part in filling his cup and connecting with him and spending time with him in order to then ask something of him to say, Mm -hmm. okay, I need you to play independently for a little while while I do this. So it really, it looks like that. That's what boundaries look like for me. It looks like, Mm -hmm. um, just really trying to work or do things in the pockets of my day, you know, using nap time or things like that. When my husband gets off work, I, we try, I try as a family to really just spend that time as a family um, and really just, yeah, just obviously there's seasons. If I'm working on something big, it's gonna take more of me and I'm, you know, spending you know, time after, after they go to bed, I'm staying up late and all of that, but really just trying to, when I have moments of, of work time, I really try to, to work as efficiently and as purposefully as I can, um, and then shut it down and be present with my kids and with my family. Yeah.
0: You know, this has been my journey too over the years. And I think I could talk about work and being present and what you feel like God's calling you to do. I could talk about that forever, but I will say that just being all in, being present, like that has been a huge thing for me too. Putting away the phone, such a huge thing. So I think those are really, really great tips. And I, I know I've lived for many years where my brain was half in work and half with an yeah. eye on my children. And I just felt constantly torn yeah. in two. I wasn't yeah. present in either. Yeah. So I and wasn't doing a good job. They're
1: so in tune with what, what's going on with us, probably more than we give them credit for. And mm-hmm. so they can totally feel when we're not all the way there. And so that's why I've really tried to be mindful. I'm not always the best at it, obviously, um, but I really try to be mindful about just when I'm with them, I'm with them. And then mm-hmm. I'm able, when I pull away, you know, then I set a clear boundary of no, because it's important for them to learn to play independently. And solo play is an important skill for them to learn as well.
0: Yes. Yeah. And these are such great things to put in place early on. Mm -hmm. Like when your kids are young enough that they don't question the timer. Of course you can, you can still introduce this at any time. It's going to take a little bit of work, but just the earlier you get started, the (laughs) better. (laughs) Right on. Well, Jenna, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I really hope I know we didn't kind of talk about the things I had planned to talk about. I, I took this in a different direction because the more you talked about the mental health struggles and and depression and all of those aspects of motherhood that need a voice, that need um, permission to experience mm-hmm. that and to know that it's hard and still get rooted in hope. I felt like that was just really what we needed to talk about today. So thanks for going with the flow and coming on for yeah. Thanks, Jenna, for coming on the show. I had a really great time talking with you. Maybe it's because you're a fellow type nine, but probably more so that you are sweet and sincere and full of these wisdom nuggets. If you have enjoyed this, you can find Jenna at the Joy Filled Podcast or on Instagram at jennagriffith.co. I'm going to link her in the show notes. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. Have a great week.